Welcome back to the Rail Lovers Podcast. My name is Marley Silverbrand, and today on the podcast, we are continuing our trek on the Letterbox Top 250 with the 242nd film, Little Women. And joining me to make sense of it all is Megan and Anthony, Vintage Caban. Welcome to the Rail Lovers Podcast. And Anthony, welcome back to the Rail Lovers Podcast. Hey! <laughs> Megan, uh, this is the first time you're on the Real Lovers podcast. Do, do you want to just promote your stuff? To, uh, you make really great TikToks and really great uh, movie reviews. Just tell tell the people at home where they can follow you and who, and yeah. who you are. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm Megan. I do movie reviews um, on TikTok and Instagram. So my handle is at Megan's World. That's M-E-A-G-A-N-Z World. Um, so yeah, I do movie reviews, a little bit of cosplay, but mostly movie reviews. So yeah, that's, it's a really awesome time. I'm really into horror films, um, but I also like good Oscar baity movies too, such as Little Women. No, I I won't say it's Oscar bait, but it was a good one. It was nominated, so. (laughs) Yeah, it was nominated and it did win for screenplay, right? I'm not sure, but I think so. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. It was pure Oscar bait because we've seen this remake so many times. <laughs> but I will get- say that Greta Gerwig's version is probably the best one out of all the other versions I've seen. It really well, is. We'll get I'll, into I'll just it. say this before we get into the review. It was so nice watching this movie, especially all the movies prior to this have been old movies. So watching a movie made in 2019... It's like, this is modern cinema. And I'm like, it's so nice seeing like a film that's mixed correctly, edited correctly, that has nice shots. No hate to like older films, no hate to older films at all. But like, it was so nice to like, kind of come back into this era. But yeah, yeah. but before we get into the, uh, our featured review, Little Women, uh, I, I also like to ask all my guests what we've been watching over the past week. So Megan... I'll let you go first. What have you been watching recently? So I've been watching. So um, I was not going to lie. I was kind of in a bad mood this week. So I was watching some of my comfort films. So I was watching Shrek and Shrek 2. So I was just like, look, I need to like heal my inner child. So I was watching that first to kind of get started. And then I watched Knock um, Knock on the Cabin with my boyfriend and we thought it was okay like we weren't too crazy about knock on the cabin to be honest <laughs> yeah and knock on, i thought knock on the cabin was pretty okay i thought the ending was not really it's like you, everyone's kind of expecting like a twist ending yeah with m night Shyamalan, and there wasn't yeah. really much of a twist it just kind it of wasn't. was there <laughs> yeah it was just like okay this is it all right and i like i felt like the was supposed to be the twist was very underwhelming so that's kind of like where it was and then like m night Shyamalan, like he makes horror movies that are unintentionally hilarious so we were more laughing than like you know having that suspense mm-hmm. and like we did a lot of eye rolling too. <laughs> yeah. but, I like the movie, I, but I like I the movie quite a bit. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, would I say it's like M Night's like masterpiece? Not at all. I mean, I like this. I love the cinematography. The thirty-five oh, yeah. anamorphic. I love that M Night Shyamalan has has decided to switch back to film since old. I mean, yeah. I really don't want to see that format of film die at yeah. all. Like, I want film to keep thriving and thriving for ages to come. And I don't know what caused M. Night to shoot back on film. But, if you, but I mean, come on. Since, since Last Airbender was his last movie shot on film. And that's like, wow. Ten years later, he is like, what? I was not expecting him to be shot on film. I was like, what the hell caused him that? And that's amazing. I love that he really cares a lot about celluloid. And, he's, and I think it's safe to say that his next movie with Warner Brothers, he's going to go back to celluloid. I think it's safe to say because he's mm-hmm. been on the he went on the record during a knock at the cabin interview that he loves shooting the, the, the suspense on celluloid. That celluloid makes you scared. It makes mm-hmm. you frightened. And I can see that a lot. Um, yeah. Knock at the cabin is a good movie. It's not a great movie. It does have some narrative issues and some cheesy ass dialogue. 
we don't get a lot of back like the backstory from the villains is not really motivated strong like, yeah you hear a lot, my like, problem too. rupert mm -hmm. grint rupert grint's character is he's great and um i could tell when he's doing an american accent and it's not the strongest like you can mm -hmm. you can easily tell you know his or oh, his accent is coming back cool all that like like I, I don't know, I, I, I'm so bad at mocking British fucking actors. I'm so bad. <laughs> um, no, because I, I don't know how to sound like Ron Weasley. I don't know. Yeah. You can tell <laughs> his English his English accent was kicking in, yeah. unless he's doing the Boston accent perfectly. Which there are times where he's done the Boston accent, the Boston accent very well, mm -hmm. but the way he's doing it sometimes can feel like boss. He, he thinks that. He's confusing Boston as England when they're not. Mm -hmm. so, but he does a good job. But his, until the, the dialogue when he says, I'm single. Uh, and I'm like, that right there just threw me off. Because I'm like, isn't this supposed to be a, a, a psychological horror movie? Or a yeah, exactly. Like, that, that was kind of my whole thing. Like, like it's, again, this is not Shaman's worst film. It's definitely not. No, no. But, no. but I was just saying, it was just, I felt underwhelmed you know, by it. I actually liked old more than this one, not gonna lie, even though old was also unintentionally hilarious. But as far as like a cinematic, like like visually, both of the films were like beautiful, you know? Yeah, That's absolutely. what I liked about both of these. And like, I, I wish they went into, yeah, the more like villains, you know, to a certain extent, yeah, motivations, instead of like, I mean, I don't want to ruin it too much, but Right, yeah, right, that was right. kind of that was just kind of like I was just like, oh, really? Like, it, I just kind of felt myself just saying, really, really, yeah. <laughs> too much. Their motivations. <laughs> that was a movie. I'm not yeah. gonna really like it that much. <laughs> That's fair. Their motivations for like, okay, you gotta kill. Like, we need to kill each other. Like, okay, um, their motivations are so stupid. Like, yeah, I have a kid who wants to be a doctor. No one gives a fuck if your kid wants to be a doctor. For fuck's sake. <laughs> My daughter is in gym class, says Batista. Um, save my, save my daughter, kill, kill that man, and you save my daughter. Get the fuck out of here. That was yeah, exactly. Like that's exactly what my boyfriend said. He's like, wait, he wants to kill this dude because of a gym class. <laughs> like you gotta make a sacrifice. I'm like, what the fuck does your kids have to do? What the, it's like? What does your kids' sympathy have to do with? You know trying to get these people to kill themselves it feels like gaslighting it feels like i don't know i don't know i don't like i hate that fucking term so much i want to say manipulating it's yeah. like manipulating people to kill themselves when i'm not going to go down that path because that's spoiler territory but what yeah. i want to say is that the motivations their backstories was was like was what made the movie not so good was you know batista saying his backstory i have a daughter who's dead and think and and you know if you guys don't make a sacrifice more kids will die that sounds like something a pedophile would say <laughs> abby lee's motivation is so like i didn't care for her she was miscast as fuck yeah. um and the other woman um what was it nikki bird or her name is i'm not sure <laughs> she, she was actually like the only convincing person out of everybody like she wanted to help but she didn't want to help oh yeah 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 uh, like, like the nurse, yeah, the nurse. Like her character was actually, yeah. No, I like, and she she was an old. I was like, oh wait, she played, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. He's actually the, the the least convincing villain out of everybody. Batista does a good job. No, he was great as a villain. He was. I just wish yeah. I like it was more character motivation. Like it's written. He was he was amazing. Yeah, it's I really liked him. He was like the highlight of the movie. For yeah, me. the performances can be good. It's just. The, the written the way you rate the the way you write the characters is the result it doesn't matter about the performance it's the realization yes. oh, i would say this one thing about it and we'll move on to um your uh what you've watched recently one thing i would say this is actually in recent years this is like his best directed film because a lot of times he kind of takes really good actors and make them look terrible but he actually did a great job directing them you know so i would give him like a, because that was the problem with old like old terrible direction as far as like okay this is how like you can have that cringe dialogue but at least make it sound somewhat convincing yeah, he didn't do I that agree. with old, but he does that really well. Even though the dialogue was cringe in this movie, they were convincing with the dialogue, you know? 
the thing so. about old was the way the camera movements were like really bad. Like it was, it was like you're moving around with the with the truck gimbal, or whatever, and yeah. then you're like zooming in so close. As a cinema, as a director, it's never a smart idea to to run, you know, drive through the sand with the gimbal holding and then zoom right in as you're, you know, riding fast with the camera because that looks so bad. That looks like a Boz Lerman kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of looks really bad. Unless you're Mad Max Fury Road and you can pull it off very well, but unfortunately, it just doesn't look that good. That movie, he did direct. He did have old had way more cringy moments than Knock at the Cat. Yes, true. Yeah. Well, I well, mean, the thing about old, the thing about old is that I like old a little bit more than Knock at the Cabin too. It's just okay. that it, it's it's it's. I believe old was actually self funded. Like knock at the cabin, I think was that was picked up by someone, right? So uh, all the yeah. all the flaws you're kind of talking about with old are probably like the restrictions that he was kind of dealing with of of being like self funded. Probably, well, yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I like the story. I, I mean, I like the story more and old, and actually have the the graphic novel that old is based on. So I was just like, I like the story more, and That's I do nice. kind of like his take on it a little bit too. Uh, like you know what was like the twist and kind of the meaning behind it I thought that was more powerful but like again with this one I'm just like okay I guess you know but yeah, I, thought, well, I do the like thing about on the apocalyptic movie like I do like that because I'm not really much of an apocalyptic type of movie person to begin with but I do like his take on it I just wish it would just like it was just so surface level for me and just kind of I wish it just kind of went a little bit deeper in character motivations and whatnot well, the thing about Knock at the Cabin and all the ap- apocalyptic, like, news footage, that was probably the thing that probably took me out of the movie the entire, yeah. the, the entire time. Because it's like, there's, it's so, it's so cheesy. Like, it, like. Yeah, I, th- th- same thing with, okay, so, like, I live in Oregon, so I know, when they're talking about the Oregon coast and stuff, I knew exactly where they were talking about. And I was just like, okay, that's not Oregon. And then they were like, and then they were talking about like, oh, it's like water coming from Portland. I'm just like, bruh, like, <laughs> like stop. I was it's, like, that is not, that is technically not, that is not like the Oregon coast, or at least what Oregonians call the Oregon coast. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they were talking about Cannon Beach. I'm like, okay, that is the coast. But then when they showed it, I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> Yeah, it was they they weren't very believable at all and it just took me out of the out of the film and just like the way it was shot too didn't even you didn't even shoot it like actual like actual news footage. It was just like let's just go onto the onto a random beach somewhere and just pretend to have these people react to like what's going on and it, it, it just like I said it took me out of the film. But uh, but oh. knock at the cabin you yeah. watched and then you also watched Shrek I watched Shrek, Shrek two. Yeah, I read yeah. Shrek one and Shrek two, and then I watched a little bit of the first Puss in Boots. <laughs> so it sounds like you had a pretty good week. I did have a pretty good week of like watching movies and stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Anthony. Yeah. What have you been watching? What movies did I watch? So I was rewatching Licorice Pizza. Oh. I'm to fucking sleep. I need some sleep. So <laughs> sometimes I like to put on a movie to make me go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I did watch re- Shots I- Fired the PTA. No, no. Please <laughs> don't whip my ass. I love that fucking movie, okay? I saw that movie five times in theaters, okay? Don't whip my ass. It's, you know, it's a it's a good movie to have on in the background. Like, it's not like it's bad. It's just like it's a good, like, background or like, oh, I like to sleep to this. Like, it's like, a, it's no, one of exactly. the. I love that movie so much. Like, I love Licorice Pizza. That's my favorite movie of 2021. Like, that's a that's a feel good movie. You know, it is I like- needed that movie. Like, I needed something like Daisy Confused, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Almost Famous. Like, I needed that. And that was the film where I felt like I, I'm still angry to this day. That Belfast one original screenplay over that. I'm like, true. I I agree. Like Belfast for me was just such a snoozer. Like I'm sorry. Like it was, and like I, I hate to say that because it's based off of someone's like life and family and stuff. But I'm just saying, Roma did it Megan, so much better. Megan. <laughs> yeah. Tear. I, I feel like I'm the only one on this planet that actually loves Belfast. Like, yes, okay, the, I would give it to you. Like the first, like, okay, not the intro, like not like the intro scene, like where it's like you know shows like Belfast and Modern Day. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit jarring. But when like the like the first like scene to kind of set the mood of like you know the area and stuff, I was like, okay, that's good. 
but like I like elements of Belfast, but I wouldn't say like that was like an amazing movie. That's Which true. is also another movie that I rewatched was in. I actually I actually watched In Bruges. I well, love I, it. I watched that like two weeks ago, but you know, but that's a great movie. I no, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. It's not great. It's not Madonna's best, but I do enjoy the hell out of that movie so much. Mm-hmm. It it's is a very cool. enjoyable movie. The, mo- the motivation for. Ralph Fiennes or Fiennes wanted to kill Colin Farrell was kind of like the weakest part of the movie because he killed, he shot a boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to kill him over that? To me, it's not very clever writing. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not good writing right there. And I get it. You know, this is Madonna's directional debut. Like I understand, like I understand, but everything else about the movie, love it. Love it. <laughs> the, the, the duo, the chemistry, the, the comedy, the guy when the fat guy is, is chasing after Colin Farrell, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, with, you know, Mark Madonna and Paul Thomas Anderson, they're both great writers. And they are overdue for something. They're, yeah. both, they're overdue for something. Mm-hmm. I think that PTA needs to make an original movie and have Denzel Washington in it. <gasps> that would be so good. Like, why is it that the movie, why is it that when PTAs make a movie, it's always white people all the time? You know, I want to see a movie where it's mixed. You know, you have white people and black people it all together. I want to see more of that. You know, I want to see an ensemble, kind of like Boogie Nights. That's the only way he's going to win. You know what? Yeah, I agree. Like, he needs to have, like, a really big... Well, he tried to do that with Licorice Pizza, but, it, you know, it just, like... It kind of got, like, a little... It got overshadowed by, like, the two leads, which is fine because, I'm telling you, they were new at acting, you know? Well, the, the issue with Licorice Pizza was that it was too short for a runtime. Like, I wish the movie was a little more longer because I could have seen more Bradley Cooper, and there were a lot of deleted scenes. I could have seen more Bradley Cooper, too. Yeah, I agree. There were I mean, so many scenes. Who- that I saw in the commercials and the trailer that was cut out of the movie. Like yeah. the, when the woman was swimming and she hits her head in the in the in the, in the glass, where Alana Heim is sitting in the chair, where Bradley Cooper's hitting cars and goes, ah! Yeah. Like, where's that at? Like, like, fuck you, PTA. You should have had that in the movie. That that was hilarious. Uh-huh. Like, I, yeah, I, I wanted don't... to add more Bradley Cooper, like for sure. Like, but, you know, you know, that's why you know he was only added in the trailer so people will actually watch the movie thinking it'd be more Bradley Cooper because they're like, I don't know who this Alana Heim is. Unless, unless if you don't, unless if you like actually listen to Heim, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I like Heim. I actually listen to her music. I love Heim. Heim's a great band. If the movie if the movie would have had a better runtime, it should have been two hours and thirty five minutes. Yeah, or like minute. exactly, I agree too. Or like, I mean, I granted, like you know, Cooper Hoffman is you know, like Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, but right. no, no one's gonna put the two and two together, you know. <laughs> so it's just well, like- I think I think if the film won, if the film was nominated for SAG Ensemble, um, it, and it won, it would have had a chance of winning Best Picture. It yeah. would. But mm-hmm. but here's the thing, Ben Stiller, Christopher Walken was in the movie too. But yeah, that's true. It, it was actually false. But there were rumors about it. I was like, if Ben Stiller's in the movie yeah. and Christopher Walken, that would have been fucking great. That would be really good, have especially for that Walken. era. Right. I mean, we have Sean Penn though. But. You got, but you also have um Tom Watts. You we also do have Tom Watts. <laughs> you have um the uh, guy uh John Michael Higgins from Fred Claus and Couples Retreat. And all the other comedy movies, you do have that guy in it, and that's actually, and he's known. But it feels like, like those cameos felt like they should have added more to the movie. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I've rewatched it again and again. It's more of an A minus because I want more out of that movie. And I was like, this could have been a, a three hour movie. This would have been a great three hour movie, but two hours and twelve minutes a little like it's not enough for me to, you know, to to look at that and say, hey. This feels like a like you know a movie you know it, it is a movie, but it would have been a ma- it would have been way more of a masterpiece if they extend the runtime. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see the fat Bernie's commercial in the movie. I want to see Benny Safdie talk more about politics and everything. I was like, give me more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I saw those two. I watched Paint today. Paint was amazing. I loved it. Be up, get on the lookout for a review. Um, that's gonna come up tomorrow. If I don't, paint you know, is the out. movie with Owen Wilson where he plays yeah. uh, fictional Bob Ross. Yeah, yes. technically Bob no. Ross. Yeah, 
Owen yeah. Wilson is incredible as the fake Bob Ross or, or Carl. Carl, his name's Carl. Plays Carl. C- Carl Ross, really? Carl Nargle. <laughs> and he is incredible, and I think that his performance is amazing. Stephen Root is great. It's funny as hell. It's fast paced. The only issues I have with the movie where they go to flashbacks, and uh, it says twenty two years ago, and Owen Wilson looks the same. Like, oh. like he looks the same, and I'm like, that was 22 years ago. You should be at least like, yeah, like change uh, looks. I guess that's annoying. I hate that. I hate that so much when the characters yeah. look the same. <laughs> um, do I think Owen Wilson's gonna get um an Oscar nomination? I would love for that to happen. I would love. Oh. That to happen. That's how good it is. But Anthony, is there is there anything else you've been watching? I got a chance to watch Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. I saw pretty much that air. I was gonna go see Air yesterday, but the, uh, on Tuesday. But the, you know, lately I'm. I've actually. I haven't got the time um, to talk about this because I don't know how this. I don't know. It's gonna be sad, but I'm done going to free screenings now. Um, lately, with the past four movies, they have been roping off seats these agents have been roping off seats for the front row, meaning that anyone who won the tickets off of a website, now they've been only letting us sit close to the screen. And so, I, don't okay. why, I don't know why you I like how you, I, I'm going to use this as a perfect segue to talk about what I've been watching. <laughs> so I'm going to start off by saying this morning that I watched Super Mario Brothers movie. Mario is fine. I'm just going to say that. But I have beef. I posted on Instagram. I, I I like to reserve my tickets in advance. I like to reserve my tickets in advance so I can find out where everyone's sitting. I can scope out and sit <laughs> away from everyone. Mm-hmm. So here here's the thing. When I walk in, I walk in right when the trailers are starting. Just be respectful. Not when like I see the opening credits. Lord and behold, I see someone in the front row where I reserved. I sit in the front row all the time. I'm a front row peep, front row for life. There's someone sitting right next to me. So that means when they were reserving their tickets or they bought it at the box office, they saw a grayed out seat and they're like, I'm going to sit right there. Oh man, that sucks. So I was just like, okay. So the entire time I was just like, okay, so I'm just going to sit behind him because it looks like I looked at the app. I pulled out my phone. I looked at the reserve my seats again. Cause I didn't want to uh, buy it. I just wanted to see if the, if row B, the seat row behind him had anyone in there. So there wasn't anyone in there, but the entire time when these trailers were playing during the Mario movie, I was like having a panic attack. Like what if someone comes in like super late and they sit down and they're like, Oh, those are our seats. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so I was having a panic attack throughout these entire trailers and just like, it, 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 it was just a lot. It was just a lot. The Mario <laughs> movie's great. Everyone should go see it. It's uh, like, it's Mario. If you're not, I, I don't understand why people are giving it bad reviews because it's like, if you're going into a Mario movie expecting something different or you're not a Nintendo fan, then what are you even doing? It, you know what? That's doing? how I feel about people already kind of shitting on the Barbie movie. I'm like, yo, have you ever seen like the the direct to VHS Barbie movies? They're all terrible, but that's what makes them amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that was my that was my rant. Front row for life. I will always be front row. I like sitting in the front row because I don't want to. S- uh, see anyone's heads i don't want someone to pull out their phone and i see like a flash a flash of light me and the screen it's a relationship between me and the movie for two and hours or two and hours and a half and yeah like that's that's just it i don't want to see anyone else that's, that's but that's, that's just me fine. that's that's yeah. good for me i'm kind of more like if i'm going with like a group of people well, not a group but if i'm going like a one other person we're it's usually like I would say, I would say, like, I'm kind of more of, like, a backside row person because I'm, like, look, I want to see the screen, but also I'm, like, okay, I want to, like, I don't want to, like, jump over people. But if Mm -hmm. it's kind of, like, you know, stadium seating style, I usually, like, towards the middle, but, like, in the way front, you know, when, like, the cages are, kind of, if you know what I'm talking about. like the the bar? The bar, You like the bar? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
if you can get the if you can get stadium seating with the bar, like that's the best, and you can put your feet up and just have like a good time. It's good. But, yeah. that's, that's my personal favorite, actually. That's my personal favorite. But let us know yeah. in the comments down below where you like sitting. <laughs> uh, another movie I watched uh, this week, uh, I was had the pleasure of watching Mafia Mama for the first uh, for the first for before anyone else. Mafia Mama is in theaters April fourteenth. Oh. It stars Tony Collette. And it's, <gasps> bas- it's basically a mob movie where Tony Collette is a, like a like she's like a working mom, and then she gets called to Italy to like run her father's uh, like mob. That's so fun. It's it, beyond. To be honest, I was it, it was part of uh, Regal's Mystery Movie Monday, and uh, <laughs> they just surprised us with like, "Hey, this movie's out in two weeks. So enjoy." And I. <gasps> I generally had a really good time. I, like, That's if good. It, I if love it's Tony to- Collette. It, it's like it, Tony Collette is carrying this movie like on her shoulders, and she mm-hmm. does it successfully. And mm-hmm. it actually has some really interesting things to say about like ca- about women, in, like in like male dominated like work environments, and like how they have to like operate. It's it's a re- it's it it has a lot to say about that, and just like. Ge- like gender roles i don't know it's really good uh if that you like tony Col- i'll put on my list i love yeah. tony collette yeah if you like tony collette check it out it's out on theaters nationwide april 14th and regal if you want me to see movies early again hit me up other than mafia mama i also uh watched this movie late at night uh if you see if anyone's looking at the outline that i sent you um i watched a movie called kung pao enter the fist and I think I need therapy after. Like, I, I, I'm talking disturbing. to the audience right now. I think I need therapy. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, this movie, you can stream it right now on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is, if anyone remembers, like, the old, like, Godzilla movies, like, where the, with the bad oh, dubbing definitely. and, like, the kung fu movies that with the bad dubbing, think about, like, the writer director Stephen, uh, I, for, I forget his, I forget his last name because I blanked like this movie out after I saw it. But <laughs> it's basically an homage to like those old kung fu movies where he inserts himself into random like kung fu. It's, it it, it it's really hard to describe because you have to watch this. I, I live tweeted this, like I, I live tweeted this late at night. And I don't like. I don't even know what I watched. There's like, there's a fighting cow in it. There's a baby that fights that that fights someone and pees on. So- it's real. It's it's so bizarre. <laughs> uh, so if you want, if you are, I don't want to say this on YouTube just because we might get banned. But let's just say if you are inebriated in any way. <laughs> on- <laughs> Check it out on Amazon. You can buy it. You can rent it for three seventy nine. I don't know why three seventy nine, but uh, it's it's an interesting time. It's educational, and that's Kung Pao Enter the Fist. But anyways, that's all that we've been watching. So let's get into our featured review of Little Women. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sisters. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe, to be a famous writer? Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. That was a clip from the trailer from Little Women, a, a film directed by Greta Gerwig and... 2019. I'm just going to read the synopsis here from IMDb. Uh, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on her own, on their own terms. Megan, uh, when I was when I told you I was doing this series, the Letterbox Top 250, this movie jumped out at you immediately. This is a rewatch for you. So I feel like you are the perfect person to kind of lead off and talk about talk about this film. Uh, what about Little Women? Uh, well, I think this is actually kind of perfect that we're talking about this because the Barbie trailer just came yes. out like this week, 
and we're talking about a Greta Gerwig film. So this is great for like SEO and stuff like that. But yes. what about Greta Gerwig and Little Women like made you like fall in love with this movie? Yeah. So I watched Little Women actually um, back. Actually, I watched it in the theaters in 2019. And one thing that I really liked about the movie is that it felt very modern, even though it's a story that's been told multiple times that takes place during the Civil War. But there was still like, I don't know whether it was like the cast or how it was directed and just, it just felt like new. I usually don't really like too many historical films. Like that's just kind of like, well, I would say like, I don't really like films that are like, you know, I'm fine with like 20th century films, you know, that takes place in that, like that type of period pieces, but I'm not like, okay, 1800s, 1700s, like it, you know, there has to be something kind of fresh with it. But mm -hmm. I really like how this one still stayed true to, uh, true to a certain extent to the adaptation, but also added a modern spin. And one thing that I really liked too is uh, for Joe's character, they actually took elements of the writer of Little Women's Life, um, I forgot her name, but yeah, the actual like writer. So it was kind of cool. So I, that's why I really enjoyed it. I really liked the movie Lady Bird. Um, yeah. Another Sears Ronan film, you know, or starring films and also Timothy Chalamet is in this one too, <laughs> or is Lady Bird. So I was just like, Oh, I'm really excited about, you know, Greta Gerwig's second, um, second film and she's doing an adaptation. So I thought it was really interesting. And then as for Greta Gerwig's work too, as an actress, I really liked the film Frances Ha. So yeah, I thought it was really cool because, you know, I really liked that movie and yeah, I just thought this film did a really great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I'm not really one for period piece movies, like all that much. I find them kind of cheesy but watching this, like we talked about this in the pre-show, uh, is that it, it is that what I liked most about Little Women, especially in this series, is that it it's nice watching a movie that is that is so like modern. It's so modern, even though the story that it's telling is old. Like, but like the story is uh, is about four four young women that are is just going going through they're going through life like post civil war and kind of <laughs> trying to survive and it, it's nice uh, it, it's nice seeing like a story w about like young women that yeah it deals with romance but you don't it, it's it, it's all romance on their own terms it, you, mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying it's not like the like the men are being forced upon them it's all it's all on their own choice uh, I'm not really the biggest fan of nonlinear stories storylines, so I had to take a lot of notes actually to kind of like tell what's going on. But like the thing that that was able to help me kind of follow like this nonlinear storyline of what Joe is actually like telling is the the cinematography, like the way the lighting would change of like mm -hmm. oh, it, I I believe like the start of this film. They show seven years, seven years earlier, only yeah. once, and mm -hmm. then after that, it's all it's all color based, which yeah. is a brilliant storytelling like technique by Greta Gerwig, and I, I I don't know, I love this film so much. Yeah, it's really good. And okay, just kind of going back to so the um the writer of Little Women, um like the actual like writer of the um the novel is mm -hmm. Louisa May Elcott. So yeah, they took some elements of Louisa May Elcott's life to add it towards like um, Joe's character for this one when it comes to her like writing journey and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Have a little bit of historical context as well. So it's not only kind of like a little woman adaptation, but it's also a semi auto well semi biographical film, you know, mm -hmm. about the um, the writer. So I thought that was really fun. I think what's a, what's important to like get from little women is that the bond of sisterhood is strong and yeah. that's, that's what i got it's like i i, I know I, I make it i i make it uh like pretty apparent that i'm a big fan of family films like on on social media but this is like when it when it all comes down to it it's a it, it's a film about good family relationships mm -hmm. and like not necessarily like like it's not necessarily like a completely positive like experience 
but it's the negative experiences that like these women and this family like go through that make them stronger and make them have like a positive like like experience amongst each other like they may like have like like they may have like points like in this film where they're like fighting back and forth as like a family but because they're fighting makes them stronger at individually and stronger together that, exactly. like, that's what i got from it it's just uh that's but what, that, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what i got too like i one thing that i like about this adaptation is that the chemistry was like there yeah not everyone has like the family resemblance in the casting however they had like such a bond you know and one of the scenes like i don't i don't know can we get into spoilers well it's not really a spoiler but it kind of is i don't um, know can i Let's wait a few minutes and then we'll get into spoilers. So. Oh, okay. Sounds yeah. good. But there's this one scene that I have in mind that just really kind of shows that bond really well. And between the sisters, that's like really drawing. But like, yeah, like there's just really great moments of that. And you're just like, okay, I feel, I feel the love that they have for each other. And even looking at like cast photos and stuff, like on set photos, because I think they, yeah, they didn't allow phones during production. My son was there for like, you know, just taking pictures of them like on their lunch break eating McDonald's or whatever. But you mm-hmm. could see like there was still camaraderie. And they had to take like a um and actually a big chunk of the class had to take a drama um class too, um, before going into the production of the film. So I think that actually helped with that bond as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I totally I totally agree. And I didn't even know that behind the scenes like fact about uh, about this movie. That's that's really cool that they didn't or they, that they weren't allowed phones like on set to just kind of mm-hmm. keep up with the the time period but mm-hmm. uh let's get into a little bit of a breakdown of little women uh, let's talk about the, like the opening scene where joe march is uh in new york city and she's trying to sell her story to this publisher and the i think what kind of s- struck me like uh, that kind of hit me like really hard like all of a sudden is like the sound being used like in this scene where it's it, like, I think we've all been there when someone is reading like one of our stories and when they're turning the pages, the, the like the sound is like grip, like it's just rattling in your head where it's just like, you obviously know it's not going very great, but I feel like the, some uh, like this, this scene illustrates that perfectly. But wh- what did you think, Megan? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I agree, too. Like, I think that scene is, yeah, amazing. And that's kind of, like, one of the parts that's very similar to um, um, Louisa um, May Alcott's journey. It's She kept pitching her story so much, and she f- kept feeling, like, rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, like, some element from, you know, real life and kind of going to Joe's life. But, yeah, like, like, what you said, too, like, when someone's reading through your work, you kind of have that, like, you're feeling nervous and you know like i work a job where i have to like pitch things a lot too so like i i understand that experience uh moving on like the film then jumps back uh into the march sisterhood childhood where they are shown playing and having fun and uh like i feel like this is just like i grew up with I, i pretty much like an only child i've only had like an older brother i never really had like the sister sisterhood bond like i never had like older sisters but i had a lot of friends that kind of like had like multiple sisters and like the way they're playing in, in like the scene is like it's totally like like it's totally like how i imagined like megan like like are you like did this kind of ring home to you or uh, uh, to a certain extent so i'm an only child however mm-hmm. i grew up doing dance and cheer but mostly like with my uh, dance troupe that I like grew up with and we were, you know, and I was a part of like a dance team and whatnot. Well, not really a dance team, but like within my studio, they kind of had like a little dance team. And one great thing, like, you know, since they're like getting ready for the party and stuff, that actually kind of reminds me of like backstage trying to get ready. And of course, a nightmare will be like burning your hair off and, you know, like, <laughs> and I've had like experiences like that too, just in my own like personal familiar life too, because, you know, I'm really close, even though I'm only child, I'm really close to my cousins and like, I'm really close with my mom. So like that actually kind of reminded me of a time Well, I never burned my hair off, but that reminds me of a time where um, I, she was helping me get ready for homecoming. And 
ended up accidentally burning like the top of my forehead. So I had to put on, like I had to like give myself bangs. So it wasn't even, you know, because I had a big old burn on my head. But yeah, that's that scene, you know, with um, with uh, Meg's hair burning off, that actually reminded me a lot. But yeah, like that's, that kind of set everything up. And one great thing too that I noticed is I didn't even notice like back in 2019. Well, because that was kind of when I was reintroduced to Florence Pugh or at least introduced to her as an actress because I only saw her from Midsummer. Mm-hmm. But and then I was like, oh, shoot, she has some range. But like looking back, like right now watching it, I'm just like, man, like Florence Pugh played a 12 year old so well, even though she was like 22 or like right. 23 at the time of this like filming. I'm just like dude what like how she's like moves around and stuff i'm like that is so weird to look at but like she de-aged herself by her acting like i thought you know that was the scene i'm just like like that scene in the following scene flashback scene i was just like man (laughs) i think this podcast is going to turn into the like florence pew podcast now just because (laughs) she is so great in this film just because she yeah the the way she transforms pretty much in not just this role but pretty much any role that she's in it's mm-hmm. it's like it's it's a testament to like method acting but she's not method acting it's mm-hmm. like it's 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 like she's so authentic in pretty much every role that that she she takes and i think that's like a huge testament to like like the way she's reading scripts and the way she's picking out characters of like mm-hmm. of, of of like who to play it's not like she's like oh i'm going to like uh be method and just pick like the wildest and most craziest like performance she's actually like liking the script and she's liking the story and she's she she's uh she's being this character which which is which is what i love but yeah mm-hmm. uh let's let's move on a little bit into spoilers uh megan you said you wanted to like mention a scene from little women about uh that's kind of a spoiler so let's move into that yeah kind of a spoiler so yeah going back to um florence Pugh and um also well florence Pugh's to seronan's performances as um joe and amy like there's a scene where so you know joe is a writer that's her passion and she um she's writing a novel and you know she wants to go out with her sister meg paid by emma watson so they go out with like the boys. So she, you know they go out and stuff. But of course, Amy, being the like little sister, the jealous little sister, she's like, "Look, I'm trying to hurt you. I'm trying to hurt you, uh, Joe. So what I'm gonna do is burn the, the novel." So of course, like Joe gets like really you know upset when she comes back home at the end of the night, can't find her novel, finds out that she you know Amy burned it and stuff. So they like legit get into like a fight. But then the following day, she goes ice skating with Lori, which is played by Timothy Chalamet. And, of course, Amy, she wants to follow them. And she gets, um, she almost, she, like, has a near-death experience. She falls inside the um, the ice, you know. So that's, like, the moment where it's kind of like, oh, like, well, with Joe, she's like, oh, shoot, I got to save my sister. I almost lost her, even though I was, like, really pissed off at her and said that I hated her the night before. Like, I have to save her. So that was, like, the moment that, like, showed their sisterly bond. Yeah, we fight. Yeah, we would hate each other. But, like, hey, I still love you because I don't want to lose you, you know? So Exactly. Like, I I love that scene so much just because, like, even if it's, like, sisterhood, brotherhood, it's, like, even if you're having like like a argument with like your like your mom or dad, if you see like a member of your family like in trouble, like everything you throw everything out the window and you're just like it's all it like I, I hate to quote like a certain bald headed actor during the, our discussion <laughs> of Little Women, but it's all about family. It's all about yeah. family. It's a it's it, it's it, it's it. it, it I, I I hate to give him credit, but it's 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 totally true, and like I think that scene like totally it it totally is like a beautiful scene because exactly what you described. Um, another uh, another scene that I really loved too. I, I DM'd you when I was when I was watching this, mm-hmm. like it was when um, 
uh, it's Amy, right? That's Florence Pugh's character. Yeah. I'm really bad with characters, so I'm always have to. Yeah, same here. (laughs) But uh, Amy is hanging out with uh, uh, the uh, Lori, Lori, right? Mm -hmm. And Amy is the she's she's the artistic one, like in like in the family. So she's like she's she's really good at drawing, and. It, I think I just like this scene because it's just funny from Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Where he, he, he basically gets, he wants uh, Amy to like, uh, Amy to draw draw her and like have, uh, and I, I, I remember I sent you a DM. I was like, did Timothy Chalamet just have like a draw me like one of your French, French girls moment? Yeah. And he, <laughs> yes. It, it's so funny. So this is like what happens in the future. So this is seven years later, so yeah, Amy is studying in Paris, or not studying, but she's like just spending time in Paris. Uh, she has opportunity to spend time with her, uh, played by Meryl Streep. I almost forgot she was in this movie, played by Meryl Streep. But yeah, she's Amy is like, hey, look, I'm trying to find a husband. I'm trying to study art, like that type of stuff. Like I want to, because that's her passion. She wants to be an artist, but then she sees Lori, who is the guy that she had a crush on from childhood and stuff. So they're having, I, I love that scene between them too. And that's kind of like the scene that I realized I'm like, dang, Florence Pugh has range. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where like really settled because like what I said before, I only saw her from Midsummer previously. And then I was just like, oh shoot. Like <laughs> she really can act. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's, she's, but, she's like I said, she's so good. She's, she, she's so good at, at, in this movie. Uh, another person that I really liked in this movie is uh is it, it, I believe the the mom, Laura Dern. Yes. Laura yes. Dern there's a scene since we're in spoilers now I can like actually talk about it but the mm-hmm. uh what what's the character's name the the one that's yeah. the, the one that's sick. Beth. Beth? Yeah, yeah Beth. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh Beth mm-hmm. like uh, since we're in spoilers we'll I'll reveal that like she unfortunately like passes away the, but the scene when when uh Greta Gerwig is basically cutting back between uh between both of them and the mm-hmm. way that the way they reveal that with Laura Dern yes is the mo- like I started tearing up like it, yes it's, it's it's absolutely incredible the Laura Dern the best crier in film history I would yes say. but uh-huh. uh it's uh like that scene is so crucial because it's like when you see characters that are supposed to be like on screen but they're not there it hits you harder it's yeah it, it, it hits you harder yeah and i like the just like that was the moment that i like the juxtaposition between like the present quote-unquote present day and the flashbacks because like well that was really fun. it was like it was actually a flashback within the flashback but i did like that because it's like you get a moment with joe who's like she's with she's with beth and stuff and she's just like trying to figure actually yeah it is present day but yeah she's with beth and trying to like figure things out and just like trying to make her feel better because she has scarlet fever and mm-hmm. it gets revealed that she's had scarlet fe- a scarlet fever in the past, and then it recently came back. So they talk about her having scarlet fever and beating it, but you're not really sure. So, you know, so she's like laying in bed next to her, you know, trying to comfort her, be by her side because she doesn't know if she's gonna wake up from scarlet fever and whatnot. So you see her like away from the bed, and that's when you know Joe initially like freaks out. She's like, "Oh my gosh, she passed away." And then and this is all of the flashback and then it's Christmas morning. So they have like a good Christmas and all that stuff. And it's a beautiful scene with the family and like everyone's there and all that. But then you go back to the present where Beth actually dies from scarlet fever and stuff. And, you know, she sees Laura Dern's character, Marmy and stuff. And yeah, it's just so heartbreaking. But I thought like, you know, the back to back juxtaposition of like the joy and then the heartbreak and then like the reunion with like the father and then the funeral, like, ah, ah, like I'm getting teary eyed thinking about it. Exactly. And just, Uh just the way, like the way you describe that is absolutely perfect. It's better than Mm -hmm. I could ever, ever do that. But the, the way like they're cutting back and forth, kind of reminds it's a different totally different film but 
I have to give props to this film as well, but the way everything everywhere all at once kind of cuts back and forth between like positive, negative, neutral, and just kind of gives you and ends up being sad, like at the very end and hits you and hits you over the head is just Mm -hmm. like little women and everything everywhere all at once is basically there. It's filmmaking wrapped up like with a bow. It's like, this is, this is, this is cinema. This is cinema. Exactly. And you know what's really interesting, and I just noticed this too, about even the pacing of the film. So you see a lot of like back and forth, but it's kind of steady. But for like that scene in particular, that's when you kind of see like back, forth, back, forth, you know, and it's just like all the scenes kind of melt together, but still sounds a cohesive story. And then when the film kind of progresses, you kind of get more of their adult life and how they're kind of going through their experiences as like women. So it's like, you know, and you know for instance like meg she's married but like you know she's going through financial stuff like amy she's trying to find a husband but she's trying to debate if like she wants a husband out of necessity or she actually wants to follow her career passions and then joe is like look i don't want to get married but i do have a crush on this one guy you know type of thing and right like all this stuff like it's it, it is like it's a very it's really interesting and then you know of course like with beth going through her health things and she's like She's basically like, look, I feel like I'm going to die. I've accepted this. Let's just enjoy this time together. Like, yeah. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm going to cry. Okay. Let me stop. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Let's no, move it's fine. It's fine. No, <laughs> no but I, it, it's, it's making me cry. Just like hear, hearing this all over again. This is like, it, it's, it's such, it's such good stuff. Like to be, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, I, is there any to kind of move on to like a little bit the characters of this film is there any characters that kind of like kind of reminded you of yourself like i would say like overall joe has reminded me most of myself too you know Mm -hmm. but um just i guess because like i'm passionate about like you know writing to a certain extent but i'm also kind of like you know, I mean, she's very more so like, oh, man, I don't need a man. Like, <laughs> it's more like, you know, I want to be independent and stuff like that and kind of feeling like that. But, like, for me, that's kind of where I fall into, like, you know, the Amy thing. Like, she wants love, you know. But also Amy, but she's kind of more so, like, love out of necessity. And she kind of has to – and so kind of going back to the scene that she has with Timothy Chalamet and the – um when she's painting and stuff she talks about like okay women in society nowadays like she's very self-aware she's just kind of like you know everything that is mine is going to be to my husband so i have to be really mindful of this stuff but then like she's now kind of but she has to kind of break out the most she's like you know what no i can't fall in love with someone and actually for them to respect me as a person kind of be on an even kill even though you know, society doesn't necessarily tell you that, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, so, okay, to answer your question, yeah, mo- more so Joe, you know, for sure. But it's just like, you know, I don't know. I kind of like see little bits and pieces of myself in almost everyone to kind of think about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess for for the exception of like Beth, but to a certain extent also too with Beth because like I I mean a couple of years ago or not a couple of years ago like a few years ago I was back in like yeah but I had like a health scare a really bad health scare that I thought I was like going to die actually a few years ago oh so like I guess in this certain extent about like the whole like acceptance of you know dealing with illness and stuff that's kind of where I relate to a certain extent like you know going through that type of stuff. So yeah, I find myself in all the characters to a certain extent. Even like with Meg too. Like she just wants to have like a fun time. Like I, I would say too, I relate to Meg other than just like the namesake. But I relate to Meg <laughs> for like um, you know, the scene where she goes to the debutante ball and she just wants to be like girly and fun. And then Lori is being a dick and he's just like oh well you're this is not you. And like sometimes I was just like, you know, and then Meg was like, you know what, you're being mean. I wanted to just have a fun night just being girly and whatever and acting like rich, you know, <laughs> even though I'm not. 
And I kind of have those bougie moments too. Like right. I was this big on that. I'm like, look, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> right. Right. I, I th- that was a long answer, but yeah, but, I see myself in everyone to some extent. Right. I, I think uh, as uh, I don't know. I I think watching it, I don't want to say that I saw myself in Lori, but I, I I think I think that was like at sixteen, that was totally me. Like mm-hmm. I was totally a Lori. Like especially the scene at the end when Lori and Joe, like Lori, like Joe and Lori, kind of. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know you know what scene I'm talking about? Like we're on we're, yeah. when they're on the hill. And mm-hmm. and and Laurie is basically like confessing his love to Joe and saying that mm-hmm. I loved I loved you more, and mm-hmm. and uh I, like I've always loved you. And then this is and Joe is basically saying like she's like oh I don't need them I don't need a man to like tie me down and mm-hmm. and uh, like she, like she wants to she wants to focus on her writing. Like I've been, th- I've been there before, and I've been rejected like that, <laughs> and it, it felt a little bit too close to home when the, like when that happened. But it's a, uh, I understand that Laurie can be a little bit invasive, and I was never that invasive as he was. And also, I thought the way Laurie was like, he he goes up to Joe, confesses his love to to her, and he gets rejected, and then goes immediately to his sister. Yeah, <laughs> it's so messed up. It's so messed it up. It is. It's kind of, but also at the same time, like, yeah, it's, it is really messed up. And I'm glad, like, at least, like, Amy and this, I don't know if she doesn't in, like, the original, like, story, but at least at Amy, she's like, look, I've always been, like, second to Joe, which is so funny because Joe, back in, you know, seven years prior, thought that Amy was the one that everyone cared about more. Which is, it's it's absolutely like incredible that like it, I'm also kind of mad like I know I I'll just say it I'll say it right here on this podcast I haven't made this public at all uh, I'm not really the biggest fan of Lady Bird I don't like Lady Bird <gasps> I don't like Lady Bird is it because I live in Sacramento and that film was just oversaturated to to hell and I oh, just, probably probably so and that's I, probably yeah like it's, it's I, a local I, bias. I remember seeing this film like there was like a there was an opening there was like a like a like a first screening like here in sacramento because it's set in sacramento and i remember watching it and i was like this is really this is solid and then but i also didn't like the character of Lady Bird all that much i kind of found her a little bit disrespectful to her parents and after watching it a couple more times, I, I think I have to revisit it to see if I actually do like it. But I don't think it represents Sacramento very well. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. I think it's. I think it, part of the reason it was just oversaturated and like there's billboards everywhere around here. It's like, oh, Sacramento, see the house, and I'm just like, I, like I'm so over it at this point. I, I I think Little Women is a stronger film, and the fact that. Barbie is going to be her third movie is is uh is it's it's kind of insane it, <laughs> it is so insane but I'm actually like excited to see what she does with it like like one thing though she's uh, one thing I noticed too by looking at just the characters and stuff she is representing like each character represents a Barbie from a different era you know like I pointed out in my review plug um that they it was like <laughs> there is a barbie that is based off of um a barbie that i grew up with which is um Bar- uh, midge from happy family and the costume is like so accurate and everything um and the um emerald fiddle is playing her really excited to see how everything is because even um one thing i read like michael sarah's character alan he's like ken's friend and it was like a doll that was really short-lived in 1964. i'm just like man they're like throwing it like to everyone like i remember like the mermaid barbie you know to play my dua lipa like that was like a 90s early 2000s thing you know like we have um you know the original barbie you know with you know, Margaret Robbie's the black and white thing. I I don't know. I'm not gonna talk about Barbie too much, but yeah, as a Barbie fan, like not even just like casually playing with dolls, but like afterwards, I was like kind of quasi like a Barbie collector for a little bit. 
when I was like in high school and like I picked up the Barbie collector's book. So I know like a lot about Barbie. <laughs> so yeah. Right. I'm excited for that movie. <laughs> yeah. But as I was saying, I like, I don't hate Greta Gerwig. I just think that where I'm living, she gets hyped up a little bit too much. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. I do love Little Women. I think it's I think it's really great. And uh, what did we all what did we all rate it on Letterbox? On Letterbox, I rated it a f- um, five out of five. <laughs> yeah. out of four. I had a four out of five. I haven't rated mine just yet, but I I I'll, I gave it four and a half. Four and a half stars out of five. Four like five. I was about to give it four and a half, but I was like, I do really like this movie though. But like I. Like okay, I would say kind of going back. I'm like going back between like a five out of five and a four out of five. But I think like it's just because it's a really good historical film. Like going back to what I said too. But it's just like because that's the one thing too that I was like when I first found out that Little Women was getting remade, I was like, uh, I don't know. But then I found out Greta Gerwig was remaking it. I'm like, okay, this should be interesting. And one thing that made it like really interesting for me is like the 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 part where they go to like the first ball and stuff and you know um joe can't go to the dance because she uh burnt her dress and stuff so she meets um lori for the first time and then they decide to dance outside and they do do, like crazy dancing i was just like when they did the crazy dancing i'm like that feels like a coming of age like movie like a modern day coming of age movie with like how they were dancing and stuff and i was just Mm -hmm. like that was that was really fun and yeah i just like it it feels fresh and i know probably some of the costumes are not like a hundred percent historically accurate because they do want to make it kind of modern and coming of agey Mm -hmm. but i do like the fact that it was that so i would say like for uniqueness and stuff i would say like yeah it's a five out of five like i would say it's one of my favorite like historical movies and definitely one of my favorite adaptations of a film too like i'm gonna say too like i kind of like the the modern twist to like older stuff like i love the movie marie antoinette i think that's really fun even though it's a little bit on the nose like yes this takes place in the 1700s but we're gonna add rock and roll music i think it's a little bit on the nose but that's why i kind of like it Mm -hmm. but this one is like subtle you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you didn't have to add like some modern pop songs you know yeah (laughs) to it it's it's totally subtle and uh, I really appreciated it for its subtlety and just like and just bringing it into the modern age. Uh, but yeah, my final thoughts for Little Women is I think it's great seeing just women just being women, and and like you don't really and even like the and and just like I I love like the camaraderie of like sisterhood and like family the positive like family like. Like this is like a positive family like relationship, and like the, this is just how like these women like like act together. They may it may not it may be like a bumpy road like sometimes, but they're gonna get through it. Like no, no like no matter what, no matter if there's like uh, like a death in the family, they're they're gonna be there together, and they're gonna they're gonna uh, boost each other up. Um, but yeah, uh, those are my final thoughts. Megan, Anthony, do you have any final thoughts on Little Women? Oh, yeah, I do have final thoughts. Even though it's very women-centric, one great thing that I do like about this movie is that the men have layers to them, and it's not like a woman, it's like an uplifting women film without bashing men, you Mm -hmm. know? It's it's like the when Joe talks about how she doesn't like marriage and stuff, it's not because of men. She doesn't like how society treats women you mm-hmm. know so she's not really blaming it on men you know and i i kind of feel like that's how a lot of like some modern cinema is that is like let's just bash one person like no it's not like that but yet the conversation is still timely about you know women's roles in society and having your own bodily autonomy and stuff like that like it's it's timeless and timely you know and- so that's one thing i really like about it to piggyback on what you just said, Anthony, I'll let you go, but I, but I have something to add on what you just said, Megan, is mm-hmm. what I love, like, what you said about, like, how it doesn't bash men and how women kind of feel, like, bad and how they're treated in society. I love that Joe actually kind of goes back, like, originally. Originally, she didn't want to be with Lori because she didn't want, 
she didn't want to be like have the pressure of like being in a relationship mm-hmm. and but then when she rejected him she was like but but why does she feel so lonely it's mm-hmm. like it's like it it i felt like it, I'll, I'll i'll play that clip if i could find it but uh i i felt like that scene was so was so crucial because it's mm-hmm. like i i think we've all like been there where like mm-hmm. we have like the pr- pressure from society of of uh wanting uh, of wanting to be a relationship and being pushed by society to be with someone but we don't want to at a certain time but when mm-hmm. we reject that we that's when that's when we ourselves kind of feel like but do it, it's like it 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 eats away at us mm-hmm. yeah but yeah but yeah, Anthony, final thoughts on Little Women? Again, I like the movie. Um, it's fun. It's it's good. Um, I would watch it again. I have it on Blu-ray for a good reason, because I really like the movie a, a lot. Um, I'd say Greta Gerwig has not failed to make a terrible movie, um, even though she's only made two movies so far. So, you know, I, I, I do wish that, you know, she could have got some more recognition for her direction, you know, in terms of the awards buzz, but you know. Uh, Megan, one more time, where can people find you if they want to continue the discussion on Little Women or any other movies that you talk about? Yeah. So, um, yeah, find me at on Instagram and on TikTok at Megan's World. That is M-E-A-G-A-N-Z World. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, I'll probably talk more about Little Women. I probably would not, but I don't know. I I talk about movies a lot, and this was a great conversation. So I might I might do a little something something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, all links in the description will be posted below. And Anthony, where can people find you online? They could find me on uh, TikTok under the same name Vintage Caban, and I'm on YouTube as well, Vintage Caban as well, and Instagram. I have same username as well. If you guys still want to network and you want to talk to some movie guys, you know, if you want to talk to a couple of people who love movies, all of us are, are here to talk about movies with you guys. We love talking about movies. Check out Megan's channel. You know, she's, she's a, uh, she's a huge lover of film. Marley's also a huge lover of film and so am I. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All links will be posted below. You can follow me at Marley loves film pretty much everywhere, wherever you can post TikTok in post or tweet or whatever i'm probably there talking about movies in some in some uh, in some fashion you can follow this podcast as well on twitter instagram tiktok at real lovers pod be sure to rate us and and subscribe to this uh podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts and uh stay tuned uh for uh stay tuned to what we're gonna be watching next week or talking about uh and yeah Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Saving Private Ryan. Oh! <laughs> so yeah, uh, gonna save my Private Ryan. I haven't I haven't seen this film since high school, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting ride. I have like I this is I, I hate to say this, but this is the one movie that has a Fast and Furious actor in it. Oh, <laughs> from the letterbox top two fifty, a blink and you'll miss it. Roll from Vin Diesel. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you want, if you want to, if you want to discuss this movie with us, uh, hit that subscribe button. What? <laughs> oh, uh, watch Saving Private Ryan with us and discuss it with us. And uh, I would love to watch that movie again. That and uh, for the Real Lovers podcast, I'm Marley. I'm Megan. I'm Anthony. <laughs> And keep watching movies. See ya. Mm-hmm.